behavior. What do you mean? Do you want it? Or do I want what? You're dying for it. Ah, bring it. So what is this behavior? What is this behavior? All right, we're back. It's another week. You're listening to What Is This Behaviour podcast with myself, Ruben, Almas and Aaron Christian. Al- Almas isn't a Christian. Her, her second name is Bidat. So sorry if that confused anyone. <laughs> if you're new to the family, welcome. Um, our show is about, it's all about a focus on South Asian people going against the grain and redefining what it means to be a South Asian person in this day and age, you know. And there's a load of us doing so many different things niche-wise and we thought it would be really important and nice actually and inspiring to spotlight those people so we can be inspired and we all can be inspired to keep changing what it means to be one of us, I guess. And this week is no different. In the building we've got DJ Complexion who is an absolute musical prodigy turntablist kind of being he's got his own show show is called the future beat show which he curates and puts out to the world upon a regular he's of he's he's obviously a ridiculously talented um dj and we talk about that in the interview actually we talk about his story his come up how he got into djing some of his um his gripes which i absolutely loved gripes about the industry because we're human and sometimes you know what we've got to showcase some of the bullshit that goes down out here it's just pure real talk we talk about the power of community and how important it is to support us as artists but also just to grow the culture um and another thing that we land on is this idea of art vis the business of art and how we navigate and straddle that as creative people especially. Now for those that know DJ Complexion, there's no need for me to go into this, but for those that don't, he's been out on these streets. Let's put it that way. He's played sets in Hong Kong, Shanghai, Perth, Paris, Lisbon, Brussels, Glastonbury Festival, all over the gaff. He's collaborated with Bape, Adidas. He's worked with Stormzy and RZA from Wu-Tang Clan. So he knows what he's doing. He's been out here and he stays out here. If you're a music head especially, you're going to enjoy this one. So buckle up, grab yourself, I don't know, keep it healthy. Grab yourself some water and maybe some Doritos as long as they're not gone off. And let's run it. What is this behavior? Jeez, man like complexion is in the building. What's going on? All good. I'm happy to be here and happy to be around some fellow brown creative people. I mean, I'm not saying that to exclude anyone else, but we're a very <laughs> rare breed. And I feel like that if something happened to all four of us right now, the world would be definitely at a loss. <laughs> it would, man. Yeah, yeah, let's start with ultimate yeah. gas. I love that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on the pod. Obviously, if you just tuned in, this is What Is This Behaviour? Um, and we are talking to Complexion today. Complexion, I'm going to start off here with reading out your bio on your website. No! So we get that. Yes, I am. I need to, I need to go in there because it's it actually wild. It needs to be updated. Oh my god. Well, this is the perfect this is the perfect opportunity to then just come in straight away and be like, all right, cool. This is what's missing or this is what needs okay. to come through now. All right. All right so <laughs> this is DJ Complexion. Scratch turntablists are a rare breed of DJ nowadays, and very few can say they've played sets in Hong Kong, Shanghai, Perth, Paris, Lisbon, Brussels, Glastonbury, Jeez. and hundreds more across the globe. First of all. Yeah, rare breed of DJ, global presence. All right, second sentence. Complexion's name has been spreading throughout the urban music scene, creating opportunities at the flagship London launch of Puma and Bape. 
Gucci's, Adidas, Stormzy in Berlin, and R. Uh, uh, is it RZA? How do you say that? RZA. RZA. Wow, I wow. feel so old. Uh-huh. I, I feel, feel so old. Uncultured. I oh feel uncultured. Oh, my days. All um, right. And with RZA, the mastermind behind the legendary Wu-Tang Clan, rotted. All right. So let me just start off by taking rotted, this L, yeah? Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you've got to take um, the L. It's not, even a, it's not even an age thing because I think there's people my age that completely know who Rizzo is. And completely you know what's jokes, Amos, right? I know at some point in your life you've worn a Wu-Tang t-shirt or you've thrown up a Wu-Tang W or something, like, for sure. Right. I'm not going to call you out because the thing I believe in is educating people rather than laughing at people. So that's, that's, that's what <laughs> I like. No, Listen, I don't I mind hold, laughing at Amos right my... now, to be honest with you, <laughs> No, I hold my gaps of knowledge like out there, honestly. Like it is, I can tell you Wu Tang Clan by the name, and I can tell you Wu Tang Clan in terms of culture, but I, my knowledge would not go any further than that. Do you know what? But you this, probably this offended. Is why this is beautiful. You've offended enough of his audience, you know, that are listening in. <laughs> they switched nah, off. Man, his audience, if you're still with his us, audience, complexions audience, we love you. <laughs> Stay for the run. Now, Complexion's audience, yeah, are coming through saying Complexion come through with the knowledge. So let's go. Let them know. <laughs> you know what, though? Yeah, I don't, so I don't you think... Listening back to your bio. Oh, well, it needs ma- major, major updating, for sure. Like, because I think that was like 2015, 2016. Oh, right. Okay. And when we're recording this, this is Big Bad 2020. You know what I mean? So Yeah, it's true. Like, big Bad 2020. Yeah, Big Bad 2020. <laughs> so. Well, even 2021, 20, to be answer. honest. We're oh, yeah, 2021, of course. Yeah, exactly. So a lot has changed. A lot has happened since then. Mm. Um, I hate writing bios, which is why that hasn't been updated. Um, because I just can't gas myself up. But it's funny because sometimes I'll be like, yo, I'm sick. And then 90% <laughs> of the time I'm like, I'm like, nah, I, I I need to get better. I need, you know, this person's better than me. That person's better than me. If you would have done this podcast yesterday, I would have been on British Gas Level 500. Like, I was so hyped yesterday. I don't know why. It was like, yo, I'm so sick. And then now I'm just like back to normal. So it depends on what day you catch me, uh, depending on how much I'm going to gas myself, you know. Because where I'm from, like, you know, I'm, I'm an, I'm an old, older gentleman. I mean, nearly OG status. <laughs> Um, when I grew up DJing, a lot of my style and everything was battle DJing. And the whole attitude was, I'm better than you. And mm. now we, we don't really have, and I don't agree with that now because I'm much rather educate and conversate with people than kind of just brush people off like, you're not good enough. You know, I don't want to be like that person anymore. But sometimes it does come out. Mm. Yeah, it sounds like, you know, it sounds like you're fighting and. You're like an old self or an old identity that you create for yourself as a DJ early doors. Like when you say battle DJ days, are we talking early jump off or prior? Uh, prior jump off. Like I, 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 I was never really doing the jump off stuff like that. Really, I wasn't in the scene at the time. I think I was, what was I doing jump off? I think I was DJing in the West End and just like mm. getting paid oh, lots shit. of money by, by rich Arab people to play like <laughs> 50 Cent. I'm not even joking. Now, listen, one guy came up to me, gave me five bills to pay 50 cent in the club. No. Well, he requested yeah. and gave you Cash. five bills yeah. five just bills. to play yeah. a tune. Five bills, a tune. five bills back then. <laughs> back then. Listen, get, get this, listen, listen, listen. <laughs> so there used to be a club in Mayfair called Mayfair Club. I yep. got asked to DJ there because I knew some people 
that were newly into money. I'm not going to say how they got their money. It wasn't <laughs> illegal. It wasn't like that, but it it was nefarious means, um, but it wasn't too bad. So they asked me to come and DJ and it was actually Muhammad Al-Fayed's daughter's birthday. Wow. So while I was DJing, they gave me four bottles of Cristal and Cristal in the club were going for like eight, 900 pounds. I didn't Jeez. even drink alcohol. Right? eBay that Jane. Je- Jennifer Lopez was there. My boy <laughs> went up to her. eBay and listen, his hands went some places that now I'm not proud of it. But back then we oh, were like, wow. yo, like my boy grips up Jennifer Lopez. Like now it's not something to be proud of. But when you are younger and you're acting <laughs> stupid, it's not an excuse. It's not an excuse. I'm glad you're clearing it up. <laughs> oh, 100%. I'm, I'm not trying to cancel myself. But I, I but hey, just a quick side note. One thing I believe in, right? I, not that I don't believe in cancellation, but what I believe, I'm a big comic book geek. I like anime and stuff, right? So when you look at these comic books or when you watch anime, one of the important things is character arcs. And I feel like we need to apply that in real life as well, because people that we were 15 years ago, we're not like that anymore. We're different people now. And I mm-hmm. think you have to respect the character arc and where it goes, because we all grow every single day. We grow as people, experiences change us. And you know, the thoughts I had 10 years ago, I definitely don't have now. Thoughts I had last week, I don't have mm. now. I mean, hell, I woke up th- this morning not in a great mood and now I'm super happy to be here. So I think that needs to be applicable to people as well. Yeah, and to build on that as well, like our physical bodies is totally different from five years ago. There isn't a cell in our body today that is the same cell as five years ago. Although we're the same person, we've actually physically changed 100%. Interesting. Listen, Bang I'm, on. I'm telling wow. you, when, when, I, when I wake up and move around, I'm hearing clicks and pops that were definitely not there five That's years it, ago. Man. <laughs> Shit, boy. I hear that. Oh, mate. Um, I was just... Um, in in prep for today's recording, I sent Ruben and Aaron a couple of your bits, and then Ruben and Aaron went off on their own to um, research some of your stuff. Yeah, and Ruben's <laughs> gassed off of this. Co- deep um, down inside, you know, deep, deep, deep yeah, down the, drop, inside, the carnival bro, video. Your so, drop oh. in carnival was it two thousand and fifteen? No, so this carnival, this was eighteen. Oh my yeah, days! Not too long. So it was the last. Okay, it's the second to last no. one before lock off. Almas, I think it was 19. It was 19. It was the last yeah. one before lockdown. Because I remember that um, I did my F Donald Trump routine and I was just about to go on a six week US tour. And oh, wow. I just didn't care because I believe if you're going to say something, say it with your chest, right? And this was just mm. after the quote unquote Muslim ban that he was doing. So I was like, yo, right. if, I, if I have a platform, I'm going to speak about it in my own kind of way that I can. And mm. that's what I did. And people were like, yo, are you sure you want to put it up there? I said, listen, if they turn me away, they turn me away. But this guy isn't a nice person. You know what I mean? And I, I do believe that if we have a platform and we're lucky enough to have people that look up to us, we need to talk about bad things that are happening and raise awareness about these things. Ooh, how, um, how do you find talking on your platform on these issues? And how does that like mold into the creative side of work that you do as well? Um, so it's a strange one, right? Because I have Trump supporters that listen to my show, and I've met I've, and no. I've met them. How, do you, how did you yeah. know that? Um, because they've come to London and we've met and we spoke about. I'm like, you know, I've met. I'd said that. Look, I'd love to come to the US, but I'm not sure how comfortable I feel because of your president. And they're like, well, we voted for him because this, this, and this. I'm like, ah, it's interesting you say that because me being a brown British Muslim, I'm not welcome in your country right now. 
Um, and they were like, well, we voted for him because some of these people were from smaller towns or their parents are from smaller towns where, you know, uh, coal mining is uh, in the mm. industry and other things. And these are things that Trump promised would come back. So I understand where they're coming from to a degree, because sometimes if you're not a, a person of color and you haven't had to deal with racism amongst other things, you're not really going to care too much about that stuff that he says about Muslims or this or this or this. You're going to be like, listen, I need to pay my mortgage and feed my kids. So if this guy is promising me work, I need to do it. And and I, I was like, all right, cool. But saying that, one of my really good friends is a closet Tory and I cuss him out every single day because <laughs> I'm... No, real talk, because they're evil people, like, for real, like, and, you know, and now, now he's moved to the US now. So I said to him, right, so you vote for Brexit, you vote the Tories in, and then you F off to Bounce. the West Coast. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we're, we're here dealing with your nonsense. And he's like, no, now that I've seen what they've done, I'm not about their life anymore. Now, the thing is, is that as much as I'm sitting here, you know, mocking Tory supporters and Trump supporters, I am super down to sit down and have a conversation with people. Because for someone like me, who's grown up on a council estate, who lost his father at a very young age, who his mum had to depend on benefits to survive, um, I know what that's, what that feels like. And when people like the Tories are taking, you know, food away from kids, amongst other things, I don't understand how anyone could possibly say they're a good party, if that makes sense. Have you yeah. always been able to merge or have you always merged um what well, it sounds like speaking truth to power with with your with your music based work as a dj and as a show creator uh, or is that a new thing very, to you it, I, so it's so funny right when i was younger people would always say you need to vote you need to be interested in this and this is something to focus on it's like nah bro i'm too busy djing i'm too busy buying this and doing this and doing that as i'm getting older i realized how important it actually is and the one thing i do is even with trump supporters i actually had a very interesting conversation with trump support a few weeks actually you know last week on uh through instagram and i will engage with these people and talk to them because i just want to understand their way of thinking because i feel like by me sitting there having a conversation with someone, it's much easier than me sitting here and just being like, you're wrong, Trump yeah. is this, the Tories are that, you know, I'd much rather talk to someone because from talking comes understanding. And that's what it is for me. Cause we're all human. We've all got to survive, right? And real talk, if it came down to it, I wouldn't not help someone because they voted for Trump or if they're a Tory, of course I would help them. 100% I would, because first things first, we're human beings, right? And someone, as as being a brown Muslim with a name, with, my full name is Saeed Zaman Abbas. That Saeed carries a lot of weight, man, a lot of power in the sense that I've been stopped at Heathrow Airport because people mm. have said that that name comes up on a terrorist database. So oh, I've shit. said, I've said to them, so if I change my name to David James, I'll be fine. And the person looked at me and said, yeah, you would be. So I said, can you understand how ridiculous this is? So someone who's like always had to deal with this, I fully get why someone who might not feel that way doesn't think how I think. So I want to share my experiences so then I can understand their experiences and then hopefully we can come to an understanding because we shouldn't let things like this divide us. But for me, when someone is suffering, when kids are going hungry, when people don't have, don't have money to put food on the table and things, that's when it becomes an issue. And if it means I have to raise my voice a bit higher, so we can have an understanding, then I will do that. I always believe in saying things with your chest. Like if you believe in something, you have to believe in it fully. You can't just 
you know, not say things on how you feel. You can't just let injustice happen, you know? And I think as I'm getting older and I'm more aware of what's happening in the world, I want to stand up for these injustices. And I'm very lucky to have a small platform where I will openly talk about this because I'm telling you, there's so many people that I know that are big on radio, record labels, DJs, and these people right now are out holidaying and doing self-care. There's nothing wrong with that, right? Do you, girlfriend, be happy, right? <laughs> but but when there's people going hungry, when there's racial divide, when there's all these things happening and you have a platform and you're not encouraging people to vote, to donate money, if you're well, well off or other things, then I'm sorry, man, but I've got issues with that. And I have called these people out. I've messaged people. I've spoken to them privately or I just don't mess with them no more because <laughs> I feel like if you if you have a platform, you need to talk about these things. Um, and Ruben, I hope that answers your question. Preach, brother, preach. I'm, bro, I'm exactly the same. And for my own mental health sake, I have at times had to calm it down because if I kept <laughs> like screaming to people to do the things that I believe is right, it just makes my life stress. So what I'm saying is I agree with you. I do the same thing, but I'm at a point where I'm like, I'm trying to find a bit of balance. Um, but yeah, I totally get you, man. Say it with your chest. And if you've got the platform use it do you because do you think yeah no i was just gonna say do you think that kind of compassion and empathy though comes from a, a, a point because you've experienced that yourself right do you not feel at the same time people that are in a really privileged position that maybe haven't had similar experiences really and truly those are the people that should be doing the work and may have more of an impact due to their position because I'm hearing this like a lot and it's not that it's a bad thing. Like, you know, people like ourselves, like, I don't know, just that have that level of understanding are going out doing the work when, you know, when no one's looking, which is important. But I've also got a beef with people that haven't been there. And those are, those are the people. So how do we kind of get in contact or get them people to listen? Yeah, it's um, I feel like empathy is something that I'm really trying to focus on myself. Um, you know, over the last couple of years, I mean, I'm, I'm, Almas and I have spoken a few times mm. um, about things like this, you know, um, and mental health is very important because I, the example I give people, it's like if you're on a plane and bear with me, you know, go with me on this. If the plane's about to crash and the oxygen mask drop, the thing they say is put your own one on first so you can help other people. Mm. And yeah. that's how I'm trying to apply my kind of my life lessons to myself, if that makes sense. I'm trying to be in a position where I have maximum empathy, not only with people that are going through what I'm going through, but with people who have different religious beliefs, political beliefs, privileged people. You know, when I was in my late 20s, I hated nothing more than privileged people. I grew up <laughs> on a council estate right next to Twickenham, Richmond, Kingston. So you can mm -hmm. imagine, you know, the kind of people I bump into who are completely unaware of my life and my world. And as I've grown older, I realized, you know, empathy is so important to have. And this mm. is why earlier when I was going off on a rant, I was saying, um, you know, I much rather understand where people come from. If you are from a privileged background, that's not your fault. You know, I, I know, I know my friend who's a, a closet Tory supporter on his 21st birthday, he got given I love a that he's a closet Tory supporter. That, that's closet, all this sorry. person oh, is, you know. I can't wait Cut until he hears slack. this. I can't wait. I can't, I can't wait till he hears this. He knows exactly who he is as well. Um, Big up yourself. Shout out to, Ma shout out to, shout out to Manny, yeah? Um, the thing is. <laughs> oh, the, no. On, like, I, I know people that for their 21st birthday, they got given a house. 
right? Mm. For her 21st birthday. So that kind of level of privilege is amazing because I wish I, I was that happened to me or I wish if I'm lucky enough to have children, I can do that for them. That's not the person's fault. That the parents have worked hard to give their children something, right? So I can't be angry at that. But for me, having empathy isn't a very difficult thing to do. You can go online and see what's going on in the world. You can see what's going on around you. And you can just think to yourself, wow, like imagine being this person going through what they're going through. If it means that I have to check my privilege or I have to check my whatever, maybe I should do it. Like to me, that's not difficult to do. But then again, of course I would say that because I can only speak for myself, right? I can't speak for someone else because mm -hmm. as much as I'm sitting here saying, yo, you should check your privilege. My man, his parents <laughs> might be going through cancer or they might be going through something else or whatever else, you know, like I, I can't then push that on the person. So these are the internal battles I have daily, if not on the hour, mm. you know, if that makes sense. Because again, it's like when you're driving and someone cuts in front of you, you're like, oh, this guy's cut in front of me. But then what if the person's trying <laughs> to rush to get to the hospital? or something yeah. you know or they're trying to rush to get to the yeah. doctor or something you just don't you know. know what other people are going through <laughs> you don't know and yeah. i think that's where empathy kicks in and, and what it teaches me is like look you don't know anyone's story we shouldn't yeah. take something at face value you know that's again what i'm trying to teach myself and mm. that's the most important thing yeah. and ruben i'm oh, sorry aaron i hope that kind of answered the question a little yeah. bit i know i deviated mm. but i hope it kind of answered yeah no no i agree Would i you think say that? sorry go 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 mass no sorry no, no no aaron go 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 no, I was just saying, I think empathy is, is key and I kind of have similar kind of way of looking at life. I think I'm just trying to get to the space where when I don't have empathy, I just, I don't know, understanding someone's story quicker. Because sometimes I think it's natural to get pissed off, but if you can kind of get out of that space quicker and move to empathy at a faster pace, that's probably a better space to be in. But Aaron, it's interesting, right? Because why is it that if something like that happens our instant thing is being pissed off no no my what, instant how, thing is always mine's the opposite mine's always like fuck what is their story they must be doing this and i'm actually going through therapy to oh. understand the the reverse like sometimes that can just be a little bit damaging and i'm not wow. giving myself the space to be a bit human so it's really interesting though sure i think i think they're both this, this yeah look because for me, I've been working on my anxiety a lot, and I'm sure we'll speak about this later on or even next, you know. But um, for me, it's always worst case scenario, straight away. Um, like if someone calls me and I don't answer <laughs> the phone and they, and they message me saying, call me, I'm like, someone's died, someone's yeah. done this, someone's, yeah. you know, something horrible has wow. happened. Like my brain literally goes from zero to 100, but completely the worst thing. Like if a, a club will call me, it's because I've been fired, you know. Or if... Um, Oh, the wow. doctor's calling me it's because they found a lump or something or this has happened or you know it, mm. that if my bank's calling me it's because someone's taken all my money from my account <laughs> you know like it's never <laughs> it's never like oh they might be giving me a credit card with a better apr or it might not be the doctor's like yo come in you know can we discuss your blood test because everything came back perfectly so da -da -da -da. it might not be my friend saying yo my i'm you know my my, my wife is pregnant or something it's never it's never that it's always worst case scenario for me constantly. Mm. So I'm trying to figure out why is that, and I, I will get into this, I'm sure. I think I have worked out why it is. And one of the things, again, this is very rich coming from me, but I feel like I'm very self-aware in the sense that I know where a lot of my issues and my thinking comes from. It's just difficult to change the way that I think, if that makes sense. So when I do have a panic attack or I'm worried, I tell myself, this is why you're doing this. And that kind of helps me deal with it but it doesn't shake the fact that that's my knee-jerk reaction. 
And I'm trying to work on that. Yeah, I had this conversation, funnily enough, with one of my friends yesterday. It was quite a deep one, man. Um, and we we kind of landed on the same thing. We 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 kind of landed on this idea that we've all got trauma, um, and mixed in with that is our social conditioning over a long period of time, right? Which makes us act in the moment in a certain way, but by doing the work, which is moving towards higher clarity around self awareness. We actually can start the healing process by catching ourselves when we're in those emotions. And that itself, just the catching, you know, just pause for a second. That is meteoric fucking growth, man. So hats off on that, bro. And I think as we challenge it over over a period of time, we keep catching, challenging. Then we can slowly start to recondition new ways of being and and thinking and, and acting. But it definitely takes time. I think we're all on the journey, bro. You're completely correct there, man. That's it. If you catch yourself and you can, and you can, you know, your trigger warnings, I guess, right. Um, mm. That this is how I'm going to start thinking. Um, you can stop yourself. But the weird thing with me is, is like, for example, I, before I went on my US tour, I am a bit of a nervous flyer. Um, again, it's just, it's just me thinking like, they're going to stop me at the yeah. airport. And then this is going to happen to the plane and this is going to happen. That's going to happen. But the weird thing is, is for some reason, somehow my legs would just keep walking. And I'll end up on that plane. So if I'm scared of something and I'm very nervous or anxious, something happens in my brain where I'll keep moving forward no matter what my brain's telling me. So it's really strange. It's kind of like, I mean, I've never bungee jumped, but I'm assuming it's kind of similar to when you're standing on the edge and you're about to jump. You know, somehow your body just makes you do it. Mm. That's kind of like how Mm. I am, which is really strange. If I'm really scared of something, I'll still find myself driving to the appointment getting on the plane yeah making that phone call it just kind of happens so it's very odd and i feel like i'm in that transitional period of changing the way that i think if that makes sense yeah i get that that was the same with me when i used to do stand-up you know but i knew ah. I, re- I like i read up on like it's an amazing book on fear by susan jeffers old school thing feel the fear and do it anyway it really broke down fear beautifully and i understand that it's the body's reaction but in order for me to get past it i have to do the thing for the most part, that is telling me not to do. Obviously, don't go in to a tiger's cage covered in blood to play with it because you'll die. But <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? But for the most yeah. part, you, you can actually outwit it. Also, I've got a question, bro. I, um, Like, if you're currently, as you've admitted, at times you battle with anxiety, does mm-hmm. music, i.e. DJing, when you're in the moment doing your thing, because I've watched your videos um, and you really clearly seem connected to the Sonics, man. You seem in your element. When you're in your element, does anxiety, fear and worry exist? Great question. And I'll tell you how I look at it. When I'm doing music, so I've done three boiler rooms. I've done Glastonbury uh, and a bunch of other really cool things. Um, Little Flex. And the thing for me is... is, (laughs) And I, I get, I get nervous, but weirdly, like I was saying earlier about getting on a plane or going to the appointment or whatever. Still still moving forward. Exactly. And those nerves Mm. become excitement. And something I read was, you know, why is it that we treat butterflies as something bad? It's actually a really good thing because you're excited to do something. And that weirdly gives me energy. Like I've I've gone up and I've been nervous like my hands have been shaking. But as soon as I do that one mix or I play that one track, I'm like, you know what? I got, um, Ruben, I'm assuming similar to if you come on and do a sick joke, you know, a joke, you know, that's going to land and you do the <laughs> joke and everyone laughs and you're like, well, you know what? I, I got you exactly where I need you kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you what, like, um, 
the, the, the scariest thing with stand-up, yeah, is testing new material for the first time. Because you go on and you know the majority of this is not going to fall. It's just going to fall dead. But the more I used to get used to, like, feeling that it's okay, you know, like getting heckled or just hearing air pie, the stronger you become, right? You start to realize that you, you're still alive after the thing. And I think after that, you're liberated to start trying stuff. And I know when Almas has talked about DJing sometimes, she said, because it's so close to her heart, sometimes when she does get up before a set, she's nervous. And I've been there mm. in those scenarios, but I've not been able to see that on her exterior. But it's all mm. internal, isn't it? It's right, yeah. man. If, regardless of what you're doing, I yeah. think everyone experiences it, man. No, ignore everyone does. Go on, Aaron. Yeah, no, no. I just wanted to add or even ask a question because I get that <clears throat> I don't do music, but every time on I'm on a film set, even if it's a small little commercial set, when you kind of start on and you've got you've got so many people waiting for your decisions because with a director, essentially, yeah. all you're doing is telling people what to do or saying yes or no, essentially, throughout the whole day. Uh, that hasn't left me in 10 years. Like, even if it's a small shoot, I'm like, fuck, it's like... But I was going to ask, do you have any rituals or things that kind of help you jerk your body into a into a rhythm that kind of gets you out of that kind of panic stage and slowly moves you in towards, I don't know, your your flow state? Because I think for me, once I've once we've done a, one or two takes and put a bit of music on, and even if the takes are shit, the moment the camera's rolling and I've got everyone maybe not even looking at me, but the crew are kind of getting on with the lighting and whatever, then I'm like... This is a fucking piece of piss. So are there any kind of little rituals that you've kind of figured out over the years that have helped you? Um, so just to go back to uh, what you were saying, I can imagine that once you're on set and like you said, you click, you, you say, right, film or record, whatever you say, um, it must be amazing to see everything fall in place and be like, I, this is my doing, you know. Cut. And kind of, but I cheat. I actually go, let's just test a few random things. So I play uh, okay. before. So I'll just go, if it's a model or if it's an actor, I'll go like, let's just try this. Like turn turn on the cameras or whatever, but this, we're not doing a proper take. Let's just get into the flow. And most of the time there's some fucking magic in that space, but it just gets everyone in momentum, I guess. It's a great hack, but that, man. Yeah, but that's your technique. And it's a great technique as well, completely. Because, you know, how many times have we tried to record something <laughs> and it just doesn't work but yet when you just let it go it's amazing right like so yeah. many good things happen um so for me i guess what i'll do is when i'm djing uh so for example at boiler room when i did my first ever boiler room um i it was with asap rocky and uh oh, shit. Was there? <laughs> someone else so and it was <laughs> i just have to crazy. laugh every time normal conversations with complexion this is what it sounds like <laughs> <laughs> but it was crazy right because it was like when i saw asap rocky share the fly because when i got asked to do it i didn't believe it i didn't tell anyone because i actually found a tweet of mine from like 2011 or 2012 where i tweeted boiler room i'm coming for you and in 2015 mm. is when i did my first ever boiler room right and when i got asked to do it i didn't tell anyone i didn't make a deal about it because i couldn't believe it it's only when i saw asap rocky tw uh post my the flyer on instagram and my name was on there I was like, oh shit, this is real. Like it's going to happen. Um, so for me, I went in and the way I approach some of my, so if it's like a boiler room set, which is like an exhibition set, I call it. Cause mm -hmm. I do money gigs where like, I'll be doing like a brunch and I'm playing music like Nelly and, you know, Ja Rule <laughs> and stuff. And, and, mm -hmm. I get, 
Casual Saturday morning, afternoon vibes. Nothing nothing wrong with it, right? But listen, that pays my bills. You know, like, it's fine. But then then, then I'll have sets where it's an exhibition where people are coming to see Big Bad Complexion. They're like, yo, you've done this, you've done this. We want to see you do your thing. I'm like, all right, cool. And then what I'll do with that is I'll have certain little mixes or routines or tracks that I know I'm the only one who's got these. Right. And... I know they'll pop off. So that gives me confidence. I'm like, all right, if you don't think none of what I'm going to do is good, wait until I do this. And if you watch my first ever Boiler Room, um, I started the set and I I was working with this artist from Belgium called No TV, No Radio. He's incredible. He gave me a remix of Closer by Neo. And when I tell you this remix is disgusting, right? Imagine (laughs) I'm in a, 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 a warehouse, right? With ASAP Rocky, and there was like D Double was there, and all these other people were there. I think even Skepta and those guys were there. All these people were there. It's a warehouse in East London, surrounded by people, right? All like bare, like you know, mandem basically, right? Mm. And I and the, one of the tracks I play is Neo Closer, <laughs> and to see their face <laughs> when it drops, you need you need to watch it, watch it. And as soon as they started acting, reacting to that, right? I was like, I got you where I want you. It's not even a thing anymore. Mm. Like, I, I, I got hey. this. And that gives me so much confidence because I was even thinking, you haven't even seen the rest of the shit that I've got for you. Mm. Like, oh, this is this is, this is but, nothing. Bro, you know, this story is energizing you know me so much. Yeah, Go you on, know what Aaron. was built in that moment? It's trust though, isn't it? It's like after that, once they've, you've kind of dropped this thing and it's unexpected, they're like, okay, I trust you. Like, take me. Yeah. yeah. That's what yeah, it feels like. my anyway. attention now. Legitimately, you know what it's like? It, it's, it's, it, that's exactly it. You, you couldn't say it in any better way than that. You know, it's, it's, that's exactly how it feels. And I was like, right, I'm, I'm good now. And the same thing happened when I did my second boiler room with Action Bronson. Um, it, I was obviously <laughs> super nervous because I'm, like, I'm like, yo, this is Action Bronson and da, 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 da. You know, it's like, it's going to be crazy. And the thing was, I was put on, I think last and there were some really good DJs oh, on that that's night. That's the hardest So game, I was bro. thinking, exactly. But you know what I did? I had prepared four different sets. You and I was eight, like- Eight I mile. She dropped to eight mile. Come yeah. on. Come on. Real talk. Four so different I went, sets. So when I went there, there was a guy there, shout out to Massey. Uh, Massey, he used to work for Boiler Room. Super dope guy. Um, I went up to him and I said, yo, Massey, what has been, has this been played? He's like, yeah, I got that. Has that been played? He goes, no. I'm like, all right, cool. Has this been played? He's like, nah. I'm like, all right, fine. So then I put my set together on the spot from Bad, the sets that I had. And then, oh. I'm, and then to make it even worse, get this right. So when I get there, one of the CDJs, is working and one turntable is working. So I'm actually doing my set on one CDJ and one turntable. And and the best thing was there was there's there was actually a video of that one. It's it's the GoPro Action Bronson one. It's a moment where I dropped uh Night by Genius. I think I mixed it into Travis Scott and everyone just lost their shit. And it was like right, do you know what? I've done my thing. I've done it. Yeah. I'm I'm good now. I don't care what the rest of the set is. Because here's what I'm gonna tell you. Here's what I'm gonna tell you right now, it's right? True. And Almas, this is this is this is some advice for you as well, right? Um Sick. Ruben will probably back me up on this. Ruben and I, although um Ruben is stand-up or used to do stand-up and I DJ, it, it it's a similar kind of feeling to the point when you're working the crowd, right? Yeah. All it takes is one joke or one track, right? Yeah. And you can literally get bookings from that one one minute routine. That moment. So that moment. as long as you have that moment recorded, you're good. Because here's what I tell you. There's <laughs> DJs out there that will share a boiler room moment, right? You go watch their boiler room set and it is dead. 
It's just that one moment that's good, right? Mm. So if you've got that one moment, that one thing, you're good off that. Because I'm telling you, I ate off that boiler room. Shit. From that one boiler room I did, the ASAP Rocky one, although I'm not going to lie, well, looking back, the entire set is kind of fire. Only because <laughs> you can see me get... No, no, no. The you reason what, I say man, it, the reason... Step into your light, bro. I love it. No, no. But the reason I say it, right, is because when you watch it, you can't deny it. You can see me getting hype and more hype and more hype and more hype. And you watch the crowd. There's a point when I've got to push the crowd back because I'm like, yo, you're too close to me. You're you're losing your shit. you got to calm down. <laughs> and and the whole set was like that. Right? Everyone was, relax. I know I'm delivering the fire, but guys, no, no, no. just chill. You can't I tell them you. to calm okay. down, bro. Are you mad? Like if I was Aaron, there raving it out, emotionally connected Aaron, to the thing, and you told Aaron me to Rubin and Almas, you're getting right? bottled. You three, and whoever's listened to this podcast, when you finish listening to this podcast, go and search Complexion Boiler Room Little Sims. Because I was Little Sims towards you at the time. Oh, I've watched oh, right. that one. Yeah, that one is yeah. wild. I like yeah. Sims, yeah. man. Like, yeah, and Eddie, Sims is big fire. up Eddie as well. The whole crew. Yeah, sh- oh, listen, Eddie's a Hounslow boy, man, like me. So shout out to Hounslow every I time. I used to live with Eddie. Ah, oh, amazing. Okay, right, right. And here's the other thing: if you watch the Notting Hill uh, uh, Carnival Boiler Room, you can see me with my custom Nike Hounslow top as well because I rep my ends. <laughs> Nike Hounslow. You know, <laughs> you know what oh, I mean? I rep, I rep my ends. Listen. Mm. Complexion and Jay Sean, the two best things to come out of Hounslow. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I mean, there's, I'll go for complexion over Jay, <laughs> over Jay Sean, but then I don't know that much about my uh, redeems. But Ruben, listen, check this out, right? Jay Sean, like 2010 or 20, 2009, my man was signed to Cash Money Records, an Asian boy from Hounslow West, right? Before is, any of these UK cats yeah, now that, that are doing true. it. He was signed to Cash Money Records at their peak. He done songs with Jay, uh, with um, Sean Paul and Little Wayne before anyone else is doing things now. So we have to put some respect on his name, like regardless, <laughs> you know regardless yeah, of being right. a brown boy, we have to put respect on his name. That's and from fair. being from West London, where not many things pop off in West London. Mm. I've never thought about you know what I mean? Actually, you know, yeah. Yeah, do you know what I mean? We have to give props to props to you, man. So, um, yeah, so uh, like uh, going back to what we were saying, we're talking about the boiler room. I was gassing myself up. Um, <laughs> it's mine. The conversation it's... isn't linear with us, man. There um, we go. Okay, I respect that. Let me bounce yeah. it to Almas. Almas, I know, because we've just been banging on, and I know you're, you're a DJ yourself. So, yeah, have you got DJ-based questions? Like, what's your thoughts on hearing this stuff? Because I'm energized just listening to the story. <laughs> I envision myself in there fully raving it out. Yeah, like literally my only regret is that I wasn't there. Do you know what I mean? Um, (laughs) But no, I think for me, something that I've seen and I know for a fact that you can do all of this, all of the, you can do scratching, you've your your hip hop bass, do you know what I mean? And then the time when I started to get to know you was while you were in the middle of doing the Future Beat Show. And that's a completely different mood and tone and even Mm. DJ style. Um, That is very, the way that I would describe that is like really expansive and seamless. And there's space in the sense that there's like, like it feels very vast around me. Mm. Like when I play your, your, if if you have, if you haven't heard about um, complexion show, it's called the future beat show and you can listen online. You can listen on, you you can tune in on Twitch now, right? Uh, yes, yeah, so I'm doing things on Twitch now because I don't really want to go to the the studio. Um, 
just okay. because you know right now we're going through the whole covid yeah. lockdown situation well, you don't so die. <laughs> so he's saying exactly. we don't want to die it's a valid reason man. <laughs> well, well, well this is it no 100 percent. this is it you know so um i guess you know we we will talk about this for sure almas yeah but i mean at the moment you um, can get it on soundcloud and twitch and, yeah uh, and yeah. um it feels really yeah it feels expansive in terms of space and then also you have like a really big connection to space as in like astrology and and floating and this whole other like dimension and identity to to you as a dj um quickly i suppose like what was that transition like like what if you could top line that transition how did you start to tap into future beats um so it's actually relatively very easy and quick it's um i used to dj up in nottingham and manchester these places all the time on the weekends um it was like a three-hour drive there three-hour drive back when you're driving back from playing a four or five hour set with loud music and everything the last thing you want to hear is like more 808s and everything else so i would always listen to movie scores i would listen to video game soundtracks and things like that and then i went into like this like kind of jazz modern jazz type stuff which was you know like jazz with like drums and it was amazing and other things like that and through that i discovered these other amazing artists and that music would just always make me think of space and i'm a big space nerd and it really upsets me that more people aren't interested in space like one of the facts i tell people is there's a planet out there where it rains diamonds sideways like real talk (laughs) and there's there's another yeah seriously and there's another planet wow there's another planet yeah 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 Hold on, wait, hold on. The fact uh, is there's a planet out there that rains <laughs> diamonds sideways and you're telling me that makes sense. Yeah, Bridget. Because... <laughs> like, don't it's... say that confidently, you know. That this, guy, yeah. this guy's been, this guy's <laughs> no, been no, there. <laughs> no, but I can imagine why that isn't far-fetched. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Minerals, uh, like planets having totally different compositions and different ecosystems and whatnot. That's why I would you say... Got this... I ain't been there. We haven't discovered yet. You know what I mean? I've you know, been balling. Like, I'm just, I'm open. Look, to it. physics. We're used to physics on this planet, right? Exactly. But that isn't the be all. That isn't the be all and end all. We're in everywhere a bubble, else, man. you know. There's like another planet out there where the ozone layer. It's it's a bit different to ours. So the only light that goes to the planet is red, like red light. So if wow. they have greenery on their planet, it's all going to be red. So grass, trees, bushes, everything, all going to be oh, red. Wow. Like that sounds incredible to me, you know, like that's always fascinated me my whole life. And with me, when I listen to this music, because it makes me think of space. And like you said, Almas, you, perfect description, by the way, like it's kind of vast and floaty is the way I describe it. Yeah. It was a yeah. great way for me to mix the two things together that I love. And then just, you know, going down music rabbit holes, I discovered all these amazing artists um, and labels that played this kind of music. And one thing I've always loved is I'm a big fan of story-based podcasts. And for me, I would love to do like radio plays. Oh. I mix them with music. Oh, so, wow, yeah. So whenever whenever I do, I do my show, I mean, I don't do as much now. But if you listen back to some of my shows, I, I set the scene every time. You know, I'm always like, yo, we're floating through space, the TFBS, the Future Beach Show, the shuttle. We're going to pick you up. We're going to go to the outer planets. And there was this I thing it. I used to do called, called Planet X. Because at the time, there was, uh, and it still exists, um, some scientists say there's a 10th planet in our solar system um, and it's called planet X because it's the 10th planet, right? Um, and they're still trying to work out if it exists or not. 
And I had had a play on that and I turned into Planet EX. So Planet X as in your ex-partner. And I played very kind of super emotional music that would make you think of your ex. So the whole idea was, yo, we've got to stop off on this planet to refuel, but there's things in this planet that might do the hell off and again. People, but people loved it because they were like, yo, some people message me, say, you've got me missing exes that don't even exist. <laughs> you know, yeah. No, you know what? That is so powerful though, man. Because as I've as I get older and I'm more intentional with with what I consume and and I'm just getting more in touch with who I am and my feelings, right? Just as a man, because that takes us fucking ages. Like of course. Do you know like music music could like it does different things to me and I feel a different connection and energy to certain sonics sometimes without lyrics like the music itself communicates ideas and evokes emotions and listen listening back to one of your shows recently I kind of felt that thing and I think that's the transition point I'm at now and I'm like I could, like I wonder what people do when they're listening to your future beat show I wonder if they're on mushrooms or they're high you know, uh, or they're just cruising listen. or they're having sex, having an affair and just feeling it's okay. And like loads Ruben, of different listen. things, man. <laughs> I've got so I've got so many stories here, right? So I'll be mad quick with this, right? So I'll just list things that have happened during my show. <laughs> uh, people have people have conceived, people have divorced, people have met each other <laughs> and got married, right? People and and I, I'm not even exaggerating, I've had numerous people tell me the show has actually saved their lives in mm. terms of they were going to do something really horrible i love and that listening to the show that's great and they saved their lives and and i've had people do that i've had um you know uh friendships being made like i said think of ex-girlfriends boyfriends uh ex-partners uh people applying for jobs um you know people mm. losing parents and listening to the show to help them uh you know cope with it i've had people whose first children have been born and the first thing they've heard is the future beat show i've had i've got film like wow. i've got proof of that happening and this is all because of they like enjoy the show and weirdly this is the crazy thing for me right i know i've talked a lot on the show right but it's only because i'm a radio host as well i kind of know how this works obviously you know so we do that but <laughs> when i was younger i had a really bad lisp right i had to have speech therapy to get rid of my lisp it occasionally comes out I hated the sound of my voice. I cannot stand it. And I, when we were talking earlier, maybe off stream about me talking really fast, one of the reasons I do talk fast is because I hated talking so much in school and um, public speaking mm. and stuff that I just want to get it done quick because I just want to be out of there. And now one of the compliments I get more than anything is that people say, look, your voice is amazing. I don't believe it. I'm just telling you, no, I do not believe it. But just to know there's something that I've got that I can't control brings people so much peace is such an amazing thing because my dad, when he was around, he had the most incredible accent. It was like a very Pan-American accent. It was like English, American mixed. He had a really deep rumbly voice. And even now he's been gone for nearly 20 years. People say to me, your dad's voice was, in your vo dad's voice and his handwriting were incredible. And the fact that people say to me that I've got a voice like my dad's is such an amazing thing to hear. And to wow. know that it brings people peace, it brings them confidence and other things. It's such an amazing thing. And I'm going to just say this now, I do not believe it for a second. I'm like, you are all crazy. I don't know why you say this, but the fact that something that it's not like a physical thing, it's, it's literally, it's, it's noise. And if that can bring people peace and joy and, and other things, then, yo, I am here for it. And I'm so lucky to have people that 
listening to the show for these things. You know, I'm super, super lucky. I'm just really one more time. Beautiful. I'm just saying, I don't believe it for a second. Like I genuinely <laughs> tell people you guys you are crazy. believe it. Maji. Um, <laughs> listen, like with your show and with especially everything that you've said right now. And as a listener myself, I know that you've got a knack for bringing together community through music and through your presenting skills. Um, I think when I've dropped into like, when I dropped into like a Twitch session straight away, like people were just like, Hey Almas. And I was like, Oh my God, like everyone here is really friendly. Do you know what I mean? And everyone's like really conversational. And it felt like a, just if it feels like speaking to you now. And I think if there's one thing that you can own in this is the ability of just being able to set pace and mm. you know we've spoken about compassion and empathy and all of these these things the more you work on that stuff the more you're going to attract your tribe and you already are doing that the future beat show is on a global level and you're mad connected in terms of music um and also on the other hand i've had conversations with you where it's you you don't always necessarily feel like you're included right but yes, yeah you've but you have created a space where you are being inclusive um, and you're carving out space within the music scope. It's awesome. It's not really a question that I was asking um, you. It was more, it's more my observation statement. statement. Um, I just yeah. wanted to let you know. Can, can you write my new uh, bio, please? <laughs> like, yeah, real. I was going to actually volunteer. But also I need to like do some research on Rizar, in it? Like, that's know, what I need to oh, do. Oh yeah, of course, of course. You know what you um, can do, yeah? You know what you can do? You can get Manny, big up Manny, to just trans <laughs> to transcribe what Almas just said, and that's you. You're sorted. Real talk. That's it, isn't it? That's it. Yeah. No, but I mean, look. I'll, I'll be honest, right? It's it's been crazy uh, to see the growth of the show. I mean, imagine I'm fully 100 independent. I have no major backing. Congratulations. Of and is that out of I choice, or you haven't been able to uh, find the support? So this is the crazy thing, right? Um, again, just a light flex, but my show does numbers, right? Like it really does. Like we we compete with some really big shows in, in like on big stations, and imagine I have pretty much applied to or reached out to most radio stations, and they've all pardoned me, Bruv. each and every single one of them. Welcome, and to I'm the like, I, and I'm like, you know what? That's cool because when I was younger. I was bullied and excluded. You know, I used to read comic books when I was younger. I was bullied for reading comic books. And um, mm. I then had no one to turn to. So I, I always then wanted to fit in, which is why when I puberty finally hit me and I got taller and bigger, I was like, oh, I can play for the basketball team now. I can be included, you know. And I really tried to play catch up with a lot of people. It was it was at one point, actually, I, rem I fully remember this, uh, this time. I had just finished my GCSEs and uh, it was... Um, like our, our leaving day in school we finished like half like it was half day and i was in the bar on the basketball court by myself and i was just shooting some hoops and i was like this is the last time i'm going to be here and i thought all this time i've done to be with the cool kids and all the cool kids do is smoke cigarettes behind the sports hall that that's all they do why did i want to try to be with them so much like why did i want to like you know, hang out with them. And then since mm. that moment, I started, you know what, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. I'm going to dress mm. how I want. I'm going to listen to what I want to listen to. I'm going to do whatever. So now, well, not now, but a few years ago, when I reached out to these radio stations to try to do a show on that, I was like, yo, my guys, I'm getting 30, 40,000 plays a week. You know, I've worked with some of the biggest artists. I've done this. I'm, you know, the, the, the guys I was working with back now, 
they're signed to OVO. They've done music for Bryson Tiller, everything else. Like I was tastemaking back then and no one wanted to use me or get me on there or anything. So I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to do it myself. And I did it myself because I just wanted to show people, listen, if no one fucks with you, don't let, don't put that off. It's don't let that put you off because in this day and age and big bad 2020 and 2021, <laughs> we can do whatever we want. We have the power. If I am in my bedroom, right? With my controller and my PC and I'm reaching out to 30, 40,000 people a week, whether it's on SoundCloud or Twitch and real talk, not only me, but all of us as a community, we're changing lives, right? You know, since we have this Twitch community, we've raised money for food banks. We've raised money for, there's a teacher who listened to our show and she was telling us how um, she's trying to raise money for kids because the school doesn't have enough money to help each kid um, learn online. So she's trying to raise money for PC equipment. We raised her target in two days on Twitch Shit. to, to do this thing. And she's based in Nevada, right? And we've done, like I said, food banks over here. We've had people reach out to me saying, look, I would love to subscribe to you or buy your merch, but I can't because I've got to feed, you know, I've got bills to pay. We're like, yo, how much are your bills? We've got you. And we've done this as a community and no one knows about this and until I've spoken about this now because no one needs to know. Like, but what I'm saying is I've built something in, independent with no one else. And you know what the great thing is? Is if I'm done tomorrow, I can be done tomorrow. If I turn around next week, I'm like, yo, I'm going to do a full on techno show. No one can tell me, yo, complexion, you can't do that. Get this right. Once I mistyped the future beat show and I typed it as the future eats show, right? <laughs> and then people, uh, no, 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 get this, get this. Let me tell you this. They're like, yeah, bring eats. it. No, people were like, yo, is this happening? I'm like, uh, yeah, it is. Yes, it and is. in fact, we've, we've done two episodes of the future eats show with my business partner, <laughs> a guy called Mensa, who's a, who's a dope chef. He cooks on the stream and I'm in the corner playing music and we're just having bounce back and forth while he's doing it. And, I love and that. that. I love that. Bro. Creativity uh, is emerging. Listen, it get really, this right. So really we recently, is. we recently had a, uh, we recently sold some Future Beat Show merch, right? And what's amazing is the guy that designed the merch for us, he got a job at Nike, so he was going to actually design stuff for Nike. But because of the quarantine, he couldn't uh, work at the time. So he was like, "Cool, I'm free to do your project for you." So he's he done some designs for me. I reached out to someone I met on my last US tour, a guy called Sammy, who runs an independent black-owned business, a printing business in North Carolina. We got the stuff printed. So we had the t-shirts all ready to go. And what we're going to release, and people are like, yo, are you doing future Eat Show merch? So what we're actually going to do, we're going to have little <laughs> black, like, no, get this, get this. We have little black patches, right, that we're going to give to people. And all that patch does, it goes over the the, um, the, the, the B. And it makes it into fu the, 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 the future each show, oh, basically. Sick. Just something small like that. And I'm like, yo, listen, I've just doubled your merch without even you spending a penny. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? And imagine if I, was on a, if I was on a big label or a big radio station, I couldn't do things like this. Yeah, That's what I was going to say or ask you. I was just going to make, yeah, make the point that, like, actually, you've got all of those rejections, but I like to see them as redirections. And oh, it I'm just keeps bars. pointing you, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Come on, ask about me. <laughs> Yo, say it again. I'm gonna say it again. Yeah. One more time. Say that again. Listen, some the people, people in the back see them you. as rejections, yeah, but they're redirections, you get me? But that's bars. <laughs> it is but that's bars. That's bars. <laughs> that's bars. But it's true, that's like it, it bars. <laughs> but that's bars. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's exactly what it is. Like it pushes you closer on your course. 
And if you had gone to another station, you might not have done the boiler rooms. You might not have done the future beat show. Like you might not have done the future eat show either. Do you know what I'm saying? No, 100%. And you have your creative control um, and you have your community. And I think you, sometimes when people say no, even though you're giving them those numbers, like you're already kind of proving to yourself that you're bigger than what they can give you. validation, you know? That you're bigger than validation, you know? Because I really think that's a really powerful thing. And I know we're kind of like coming to time now. So I think um, just like rounding it up, I really think, bro, that what you just said about, to me, I reflect it back as process over outcome is the way Mm. an artist should live. Like, it's less about what people say about the things we're creating and how much validation we're getting and more about the process and how it makes us feel. And I think if we focus on that, the work gets better. And funnily enough, and we've said this on loads of pods as well, like on this show, like the rest will happen as it's meant to happen. Do you know what I mean? I I truly believe that. I think any other thought process, you just like, you line yourself up for a lot of suffering, man, because there's so much you can't control. Do the fucking work, put it out there, start again. Do the work, put it out there, keep it moving. You you know what all I add to that, Ruben? I think you're completely right. But here's the one little caveat I'll I'll, I'll add to that. Is I feel like when you're given an opportunity, you need to be ready for it. Mm. Because there are times when you might, you know, like when it happens, sometimes you could be like, all right, cool, I'm ready. You know, um, I know there's a lot of things that we haven't really spoken about, you know, but there were times when like, I was, uh, so Georgia Smith, um, I was a tour DJ for a while and I did the scratches on her yeah, first single, I Blue saw Lights. That. I saw that, yeah. I, and I tell you that I know, the, 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 you know, just to bring it up, the thing is, is I didn't have the equipment for it. And I was like, how am I going to do this? I can't do this. How's it going to happen? And yeah, I did it on some dusty old equipment. And yo, right now I have a gold record because of that. And I, and I did it in my bedroom. So I tell people, look, always be ready keep it moving but you know what sometimes an opportunity arises and you know what go for it because the worst thing that's going to happen is they're going to say no or it might not work out but so many more amazing things could potentially happen because again that georgia smith thing opened up so many doors for me and um, what i'm telling you i was battling with myself like i can't do this it's not going to be right it's not going to work and i'm so happy i just did it because now i can say yo if i can do it with this dusty equipment in my bedroom you guys can do whatever you want. And if you need advice or whatever, reach out to me, talk to me. Because for me, um, I think a great way to round this off when you guys are ready is my dad passed away in 96. To this day, people come up to me and tell me stories about how he helped them, things that he did for them um, and other things like that. And I want to be the same for people when I'm not here. Because the thing is, is when I'm not here, the only thing that's gonna keep me alive is other people talking about me, like their memories of what I've done for them or if it's the show or whatever, and it's leaving a legacy behind. I'm not doing it in a big headed way. I want to do it in a way where I love in like 20 years time, if I'm not here, someone says like, yo, I listened to the Future Beat Show. This guy sounds mad cool. I wish I could have met him. Just like when I discover a new actor or actress or a musician and they're not with us, I'm like, I would love to have seen them live, but thank you for what you've done. Like for me, it's about leaving the kind of legacy like my dad left behind. That's all I will ever want to do in life. Mm. Yeah, legacy is immortal. Legacy um, building. Yeah, that's all I want to do. And I'm super, extremely lucky to have what I've got and to have the most incredible community. I would love to shout them all out, but there's so many. But just know TFBS gang gang, like I appreciate you guys 
so much. They've done so much for me. And as much as they all say to me, I've helped them with things, they have pulled me from the brink so many times. And it's been incredible to just be able to have this, you know, something that's so amazing, but yet not many people know about. And sometimes that's enough. Like, of course, I would love to be on a big, big radio station. I would love to be on stage constantly. But you know what? Sometimes if you can affect one person's life or two people's lives, that's all that life's about, right? It's about doing that one or two good things for people and having empathy and, I guess, remembering that at the end of the day, we are all are humans. We're all going through shit. All of us are, each and every single one of us. And it might not be surface level. It might be inside. But if we can just say to people, yo, I'm here if you need it, whether they're Tories or whether they're Trump supporters, it's okay and we're all and the thing is we're all going to get through this together that's the most important thing amen 100 percent. listen i was just like taking it in pause for um emphasis you know um complexion you've got like your community and your family with you it's mad like you've actually built the people that vibe with you it's too sick and i'm sure that ruben and aaron joined me in saying that we're part of that family as well do you know what i mean and i love that we're here now yeah one we're here we vibe with it we cannot wait for the next wherever wherever we whenever we can play it out or you can play out we're gonna be there in it so mm. just watch look, this space ruben's ready here yeah, with a skank listen he would... no, listen <laughs> Come on. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. I miss Carnival. I miss Carnival this year. So it's still, it's all charged up and ready. But Ruben, you know what? That just means we go extra hard next yeah. year. That's, and don't that's think Aaron's is, not a skankers, you know. This is the thing. People don't know. This Aaron guy goes cutting, in as well. Cutting shapes, boy. Cutting rugs. Aaron's got the shapes. That's what I love. <laughs> okay, so guys, before, I know we're going to start wrapping. The, I know we're kind of, you know, coming to the end. I can feel the lull when we start ending things, right? So before we do that, <laughs> Before we do that, um, you know, like I said, I'm very lucky to have an amazing community who's super supportive. Um, I'm sure many of them will listen to this podcast. So can you guys just plug yourself a little bit for my community so they know where to check you out, what else you guys do, if any other projects you want to promote? Um, because like I said, my my guys are incredible and they're super supportive. So I, anytime I, I guest on a podcast, I always say, can you shout yourselves out as well so my community can come support? Oh, I love that man well we are the what is this behavior podcast and you can find us on Instagram at what is this behavior podcast and um, on Twitter Ruben says you always forget that oh yeah go on plug the Twitter W-I-T-B underscore podcast Thank you. let's go and, and Ruben where can you listen to our podcast you can find <laughs> us on all good podcasting platforms not the shit ones though <laughs> <laughs> definitely That's not the it. shit ones yeah listen this is Almas Ruben Aaron and Complexion you've been listening to Complexion on What Is This Behaviour podcast we're out what is this behaviour you know what you know what would be so good right now if I just close my eyes and clicked like this and I appeared in a rave somewhere intimate rave with Complexion on the ones and twos and with my people around me just catching one piece of skank vibe just vibing out listen i'd even i don't even mind doing the shuffle that's how desperate i am for a party i'll do the one foot shuffle which is just basically someone that looks like they need to take a piss oh gosh you've been listening to what is this behavior podcast thank you very much for listening in we appreciate you we really do and if you want to catch up with us and our 
visual presence you can find us on instagram it's at what is this behavior podcast on twitter i mean we don't tweet that much but it's at w-i-t-b underscore podcast um yeah that's the only places we really are and obviously all good podcasting platforms (laughs) not the shit ones please don't go on the shit ones um, and if you want to find Complexion, you can indeed. He's online. Instagram Complexion, C-O-M-P-L-E-X-I-O-N. And Instagram The Future Beat Show is where you can find the information for this show. And his personal website is djcomplexion.com. All right. I think that's it. Thank you very much for listening in. And we shall catch you next week. Stay alive. Stay inspired. But definitely stay alive. Much love. What is this behavior? Do you want it? You're dying for it!